human enlightenment, the driving factor of our evolution that helps us understand the very universe around us. It's the voice inside our minds that asks the most important questions of our existence. How did the universe begin? What is the meaning of life? Is there a God? And now, today, the curious minds of we, the human travelers across the expanse of consciousness, ask an equally important question, the question of our age. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Well, today is the day where we, four heroes of might and magic, brave the perils of the internet in order to definitively answer that question once and for all. Welcome to the party, pal. It's Is Die Hard a Christmas Movie? This week on Nothing Good. Well, once again, a hell of an intro. First of all, before I even I go beyond that, can I just take a second? Listen, man, this is me clapping to an absolute amazing intro yet again by one Mr. Noah Brown. Thank you so much for that. I don't know where you come up with this, but it's excellent every single week. And it, it's truly a challenge for me to not laugh every single fucking time <laughs> you do it. Like, um, I now understand what Ant-Man felt like when Captain America gave his fucking speech before they went back in time in Endgame. Like, I'm, yeah. re I'm ready to go through the existential <laughs> void with you, Noah, after that one. We're about to, my friend. Yeah. I feel oh, like that's shit. the peak of the episode, and it's all going to go to shit from here. <laughs> Just... <laughs> oh, well, gentlemen, so, welcome. Yeah, here we are, gents. Uh, so we are, once again, myself, Doc, Mr. Brown, Mr. Yo. Mac himself, and... Would you like to be called Jeff or Jafar? I feel really, really, really mean calling you Jafar, and I've never called you that. I don't think I ever will. You, you can call me called? either or. You can call what me Jeff. You, you can call me Jafar. <laughs> I, I go by both. You Whatever you want to do. I'm here for okay. you. For your oh, okay, pleasure, Jeff. <laughs> He's uh, just awesome. well, our pleasure. Just don't call him Hans Gruber, Bubby. <laughs> oh, 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 man. Oh my god. So today we are going to talk about a movie that is a part of pop culture in a very specific way. Uh, we're going to talk about Die Hard, but normally what we do is we dissect Die Hard, a movie in, in particular like Die Hard, and talk about the different story beats, blah, blah, blah. we're not going to do that. We're going to talk about the, the immortal question, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? That is it. That is why we're here. Um, before we get into that, how are you guys doing today? Pretty good. It's I'm Christmas. Right. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. Can you guys believe yeah. that? It is Christmas almost Christmas. Christmas. It's about to be Christmas. Yeah. We're, just a few days, man. Yeah. Rounding the corner. Spider-Man is out. We're not going to spoil it for everybody. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, we could. <laughs> we could. <laughs> um, I just did, I'm just really surprised that Marvel took the risk and went with all those tentacles in that one scene. You know, oh I just... I didn't realize just how many tentacles could fit inside. Uh, well, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to go who who had all the tentacles inside. How many could fit in the Maguire? Uh, uh, could, could be. <laughs> you know, uh, I was going to say how many how many tentacles could fit in Aunt May, but, uh, oh. but 
I would uh, pay good money to ask that question, not about Spider-Man as well. I, I'm sure I, you would, yeah. Yeah. depending so, on which Aunt May you're talking about. All so important. The all the ones so Who important. Cares, right? um, Sally Field. Fuck Sally Field. She knows what she's doing. I, I, I did get to spend. I did get to spend an entire day working with Aunt May. Uh, mm. On a uh, on a film within the last few years. So, um, yeah, the uh, the the tentacles are real, gentlemen. Oh, right. Tentacle good. envy. Tentacle oh, envy. Is it is it is it too early? Are we too close to Christmas, Noah, to discuss tentacle rape, or is that just something that that's that's a that's a subject for down the line? Yeah, I don't know what the rules right. are. I don't yeah. know. I, uh, I I I there's very few rules that we have on this podcast, and I want to say that tentacles are fair game, but rape jokes aren't. So we usually stay away from that around here. So I I, I think for, <laughs> that's a good call. Uh, I think I think until uh, the time comes that one of us actually experiences that. And then wants to share their very serious story on the internet. <laughs> uh, we should stay away from that. You know, I think probably for the best. So, Welcome oh to the God. new users, to the new listeners who are here to answer the diehard question and now have to worry if they've made the wrong choice. Now that we've well, I mean, if they listen, I mean, I know they're not new listeners, but if they tuned in at all last week, they already got a full a full description of chemical castration. So I just kind of feel like we're and cut play. And now <laughs> available in the archives, chemical castration. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, just 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 kind of bringing that out. Just, you know, chemical uh, castration is also a way to describe the box office of Nightmare Alley because, you know, somebody <laughs> thought it was a good idea to release a movie at the same time Spider-Man was coming out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> See the Matrix too. Right? Yeah. Not uh how do you make millions of people not care about a keanu reeves movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway we're here now not to talk about films coming out at christmas today but a film that came out uh almost over it was definitely over 30 years ago it is the immortal die hard and today we're going to ask the very specific question discuss it and then we're not leaving here until we have a concrete answer is Die Hard, a Christmas movie. So before we ask this question and get into it, it is customary here on the podcast to ask, gentlemen, what are you drinking? Doc, lead us off. Uh, I want to just apologize ahead of time. Actually, fuck that. I'm not apologizing for shit. I do what I want. I'm drinking coffee. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. I am not in any mood to have any alcoholic beverage in my stomach. I don't feel 100% awesome. So mm. I feel like if I drink booze, I'm just going to start tapering off and falling asleep mid-show. So coffee, so I can stay focused on what we're doing, is the drink of choice tonight. Well, what type of coffee? Are you dark roast, it medium is, roast? Oh, uh, it's a it's a coffee called King's Coast Coffee, um, and it's 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 I grind it myself and and and, and uh, brew it every morning. Uh, I can't remember the actual name. It's just like a morning blend. Um, I like light coffee. The lighter it is, the higher the caffeine levels so i need that dark roast doesn't have as much caffeine in it no bold flavor but you you lose the caffeine in it for yeah, sure and that why the fuck am i drinking coffee if i don't want caffeine like that's the whole point what about you guys i well i don't drink coffee so i have really no idea what you guys are talking about i mean like i understand <laughs> roasts and caffeine and everything but it means absolutely nothing to me so 
it, I, I always find it interesting when people have conversation about coffee because I literally have zero things that I can contribute to the conversation. I'm like, yeah, I walk by a coffee shop and I can smell <laughs> coffee. Yeah. That's, yeah, basically coffee. My, that's basically two my E's favorite. and two F's, right? Yeah, uh, coffee, classic. Uh, some cafe <laughs> as, I, as, I, as I read it. Uh, I'm going to let Jeff uh, go ahead and discuss what he's drinking. Okay. I am drinking a Delirium Noel. It's a classic mm. German uh, Christmas beer. I was hoping to share with everyone uh, because it's Christmas, but I didn't see everybody. I only saw Mac yesterday. So he is drinking the same thing I am drinking. Very nice. Only difference is well, my I'm favorite breweries ever. I'm drinking mine out of a Yukon Cornelius Christmas glass because oh, I'm classy and seasonal. That's nice. Because nice. I'm seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm drinking some mine. Some seasonal depression, some, but we get seasonal Vandegrift. Yeah, I'm a seasonal <laughs> like drinker. That. So, uh, I'm, drink I'm drinking mine out of a paper bag, you know, with uh, <laughs> wrapped around the bottle, you know, because I'm because I'm in that mood for the holiday season, ladies and gentlemen. That's <laughs> that's, that's, that's where I am this Christmas. Uh, Jeff knows he was with me last evening when I got uh, probably drunker than I probably should have uh facts on 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 a lot of vodka last night nice. so yeah so i'm just keeping that i'm just keeping that train rolling right through the holidays <laughs> check check in with me on january 2nd everybody we'll see if i still have pants i don't even <laughs> i'm i'm like you know what are you drinking i am uh, i am also drinking seasonally i am having a mad elf uh going go. going elfish and going heavy you know uh, so, so it is. Um, it is a fun uh, holiday ale with hints of cherries and honey. Um, at local grocery yeah. stores here in Pittsburgh, a particular chain at Giant Eagle, they literally make a wall of Mad Elf that you have to like. Like it's like a it's like a tr Christmas tradition. Sometimes around Thanksgiving, they build the wall and you have to start chipping it down. And then sometime between the last week of Christmas and the New Year, there's only a few scattered six packs throughout the store, letting you know that everybody in southwestern Pennsylvania has a drinking problem. Oh, my God, do we ever. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's the only way but, hey, in we're all in it together. That's, that's <laughs> It's the only way we can deal with the demons between uh, January and March when it's cold oh my and God, it's yeah. gray mm. and it's dark and it's going to last you the rest of your life. <laughs> Beautiful. We'll talk about that line more when we get to February, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but let's, let's talk about today's show. Now, I want to ask everyone, before you watch the movie, with the all-important question in your mind. I'm sure we all had at least, if not a concrete idea about it, uh, at least an idea. So I'm going to want to go around and ask, before you started reviewing it with this question in mind today, did you think that Die Hard was a Christmas movie? I'm going to lead it off in saying, yes, I did. Jones. Uh, well, as I stated uh, last episode, we kind of briefly talked about this. Hadn't, having not seen the movie since... Um, pretty sure somewhere in the mid 90s which is a long ass time uh i had really nothing in my head i didn't in the mid 90s i as a kid didn't go oh man that's a hell of a christmas movie I, and, and i feel confident most of my friends fucking didn't either but mm -hmm. uh so i have had rather no feeling about it one way or the other which was really cool for me because it, i was really excited to i watched the movie twice by the way nice 
I don't recommend it doing it like back to back like that. But um, <laughs> no, I, I didn't have a feeling about it one way or the other, to be totally honest. I just was like, all right, we'll see if it's a Christmas movie. Okay. Vandegrift. I did think it was a Christmas movie. And, and maybe it was because of all the conversation over the years and all the social influences that make you think that way. But going into the movie, watching it again recently, I watched it objectively for the purpose of the arguments that we are bound to have over the next <laughs> hour or two or three or four. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mac. Uh, I have been on this train like the friggin' Snowpiercer. Mm. Just circling the globe for years on this one, everybody. Looking for hope. That Die Hard is, has been, and always will be. The Bret Hart of Christmas movies. So my, my impressions before my rewatch has always been that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. All right. That's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to leave that thought for right now, because I don't want to jump. I don't want to, I don't want to premature my Christmas cheer all over the audience right now. (laughs) Right. I need to slow my roll a little bit. You have to, you take a second, act like you're like, you got a knot in your side. I'm going to, I'm going to start thinking about like Andrew McCutcheon's batting average from (laughs) 2011 to 2017 year by year. Just my my secret I... is to, is to think about X Men Origins Wolverine, and uh, then I feel no joy and no pleasure. <laughs> I would I'd be afraid to get angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're free in a certain circumstance. You know what I mean? Can I leave so, us off with a question, please? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is something while I was watching the first time, I couldn't help but I continuously kept thinking this to myself about you guys specific people in general, but you guys specifically. Because, like I said, as a kid, I think I'd seen this movie before I watched rewatched it uh, recently. I think I'd probably seen this movie maybe two or three times maximum. Maximum, and I'm not sure it's that many. That's times. a small number. So, like compared I said, to, compared to the masses, yeah. I mean, yeah. I just, I mean, it's a fine movie. It just was never a thing that like I went out of my way to watch as a kid. Uh, there's like better action movies, in my opinion, that existed back then. Uh, honestly, yeah. but. Um, I kept thinking to myself, I wonder, because I didn't come up going, oh man, that's a hell of a Christmas movie as a kid or as a preteen uh, or teenager, rather. I felt the same way about a when Christmas did, story. When did either of you, any of you, like seriously, like no fucking joke, when did any of you, when did you guys start thinking that it was? Like, I, I refuse to believe it was like 1990, you know, like fucking eight years old or whatever. And you go, man, that's a hell of a Christmas movie. I doubt that. When did that become a part of your way of thinking? Yeah, for, for me. I can't answer that question. Yeah, for me. So it came out in 88 and I was six years old or seven years right. old, whatever. So when I was little, I don't think I ever thought of it as a Christmas movie. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, he says fuck a lot, which I, I can relate to that. <laughs> right. Uh, as, but as a six-year-old, that's great. I think as a teenager... Uh, I started watching it more around the holidays. So I just associated it with that. And that's when I started thinking in that direction. Yeah. Uh, Good, Noah. No, oh, okay. I'm sorry to jump on you there, sir. No, you're good. Uh, I see. I'm one of those uh, watch it frequently all the time, uh, mostly because uh, I like Alan Rickman as the heel. 
in this movie, even before I really knew what, what I liked about this movie. And it was fun. Uh, so I watched it all the time, all the time as a kid on Laserdisc. That's, uh, that's how many times I saw this damn movie. And um, sometime in the early days of my adulthood, pre-Facebook, is the first time I ever had the conversation. And I distinctly remember the conversation, not with anybody that we would know. But when someone's like, what about Die Hard? Is that a Christmas movie? And I just instinctually shouted yes in this person's face. And I think it was more of a defense of the film that I enjoyed a lot. And then I felt like I kind of justify it in my brain after repeating it enough times to, yeah, it's a Christmas movie, you know? And here we are some, you know, multiple decades later and uh, before viewing this uh, as scientifically as I tried to. I just, it was an emotional response. Yeah, Die Hard's fucking kick-ass. And yeah, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Fuck you if you don't think anything positive, anything but positivity about Die Hard. And by extension, run DMC. Mac. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue that one bit because <laughs> fucking Christmas and Hollis, absolutely. Um, so I wrote a paper on this in college. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was where this shit came from for me. Is that my, my my one of my one of my teachers in in film school, uh, as a part of our, um, I think it was it was film it was like film one hundred and one. We had to four or five times throughout the semester pick a movie and write anything we wanted to write about about the movie critically. Uh, take one aspect of filmmaking about that film that you enjoy and talk about why it was effective. Mm -hmm. And I, I chose on one of my papers, uh, Die Hard being a Christmas movie. And um, I, I had always, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's to, to go a little bit uh, Leia in Return of the Jedi's, you know, on this one in Return of the Jedi, I, I've, I've known, somehow I've always known you that Die Hard was my twin, <laughs> you know. Even though I made out with the two movies in about three space years earlier, um, <laughs> but <laughs> I just my mind's going a whole bunch of places because then I went to to like Deadpool and he's like, no, I'm pretty sure Luke nailed her. He's like, no, baby, that was Empire. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I um, I, I've always kind of had that that idea about this being this really offbeat Christmas movie. And then I had to fucking prove it. So, um, and I've, I've kind of always held that, uh, that, that whole idea is that Christmas vacation is my second favorite Christmas movie of all time because Die Hard is my favorite. So yeah, it's uh, I've had, a, I've been on this one for a long time. So when is the earliest point you remember feeling that way though? Like, is it like teenage, early, yes. like young? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think it was like late, you know, 19, 20, 21, you know, getting out in the world, okay. starting to kind of like form my own identity, starting to form my own right. Christmas traditions. And, um, you know, I, I, I will make no qualms, listeners, of nothing good. Single sweet Peruvian listener. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hola. Feliz Navidad, mm -hmm. Peru. Feliz Navidad, um, Peru. Yeah, see, see. Um, but, you know, I started to form my own Christmas traditions. 
And usually it was going to watch Christmas vacation on Christmas Eve after spending time with family, grab some cookies, grab some uh, cinnamon roasted almonds, grab a beer, sit down at midnight on my own, put in Christmas vacation. But I did that because on Christmas Day, I would go ahead and pop in fucking John McClane to bring me home. And that's so it was, yeah, it's probably around that time that I started to really associate the movie with, uh, with Christmas. Um, and that's where I'll stop because again, I don't want to get into the conversation preemptively. Andrew McCutcheon hit three twenty three in 2014 <laughs> runner up. Okay. All right. We're good. We're good. I'm good. Back bring, down. bring yourself back down. Bring cool it, back. it off. Bring cool it, it back. off. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, do we could talk about elements of the film that that you listen? Let me. Let, 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 I don't. I don't. I, listen. I'm all for one for hyperbole and getting as many cum and dick jokes in as I can in the time that anyone will allow us to do it. But this episode feels important, guys. This is an episode that we have been tasked, nay, destined to solve today. So instead of beating around the bush for God knows how long getting sidetracked, <laughs> arguing about bad boys too, or at one time, or, or telling the story of my second direction ever, um, and getting into that, that whole thing, I'm going to ask you now. Thank you, Tom Selleck. Let's get some results. Having watched the movie and asked the question, Jafar, lead us off. Jafar, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> there it is. Jones, look at Jones it. Even look looking. at it. Jones, Jones. you pulled it out. <laughs> Whip oh, it out man. for us. That's nice. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. Fellow listeners, uh, Jafar just held up a dry erase board with his answer: "Yippee Kaye, motherfuckers." <laughs> oh man, that's that's committing to that. Yes, <laughs> I respect that. I respect that, Matt. Well, it's your moment. Noah. Been, you, yes. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby, baby, I mean, hold on. Let me get a couple. Show bumps him the here. watch. Get a couple bumps here. <laughs> Show him the watch, right? Um, it absolutely is a Christmas movie. All right, Doc. Uh, well, uh, I think that it is just, and I'm talking, motherfucker. I am talking just barely passable as something that would be considered a christmas movie just that's a yes barely. that's, that's a, yes. a yes and 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 i will and i will and i will state that because I, you gotta ask the question honestly can this movie exist within any other holiday yep can this movie yep. exist without christmas at all and the story still stand up and be just as good yep so by that, to me, it really isn't much of a Christmas movie. But according to both the director and the writer, it was, in fact, supposed to be a Christmas film. So by virtue of that, it's an awful Christmas film, but it's still one. 
Now, I would, I'm gonna, I'm gonna absolutely uh, say that that is a yes for our listeners. Listen, if you put just the tip in, you still put it in. Okay. Well, listen, I, 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 I want to make this perfectly clear, very clear. Uh, this for me was never a matter of I wanted to not be. I could care less. The movie's not that awesome, but, but the point was, and I said it. The point is and oh, was. Fuck. Yeah, seriously, the shits. This movie's way too long. Let's be real, but ah, uh, no, no, it is, dude. It really is. It gets <laughs> there's over two hours long. This shit is like too long. It should have been longer. No, this yeah, shit has been funny. forty more minutes of him walking on glass. <laughs> I should not. I should not like in the third act start trailing off looking at my phone because the shit's just going and going and going. But regardless, he was upstairs doing nothing for a long time. You got to keep those detonators, detonators out of the terrorist hands. <laughs> nah, Look, uh, but I don't, I don't want to make my little what I'm saying long. I'm just, I just want to pr- just make it very clear that I don't think this is nearly as important as you guys apparently think it is. But, but, but be, again, due to the fact that the director specifically stated on in print that that was the point. That's why the movie exists in the way it is, and the themes are presented. Well, yeah, it's a Christmas movie, but you know, it's a shitty one. Yes, and I don't want to, um, and I don't want to step on anything, uh, especially what I'm about to say. But there are a few Christmas movies, and there's some controversial thoughts that could take place other times of the year, other than Christmas, and still just be impactful. And I'll bring up two important ones: Home Alone. Could take place over yeah it's not a christmas movie any, no. that could take uh, place on any vacation that they right. left him home at. Yeah. yeah and it's a wonderful life could also take place or not around christmas because it's not the, the movie is not essentially based around christmas it's about this man's life and the choices he make and if it happened during the fourth of july uh it w- wouldn't have the imagery and the angel gets his wings it'd be like a vietnam vet gets his legs right well, <laughs> that's a way to look at okay. it yes. yeah but but it could be so that's that's two um that's, that's why lieutenant dan was standing in force <laughs> there it is it's, it's all clear now go. now gentlemen um in order to answer i have to go on a long-winded rant here but i i, I assure you if you bear with me this will provide an emotionless response to this question because when I began this 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 task here, I was fully prepared to answer this question one way or the other and live up to the results. So in order to answer this most pressing question, I decided to turn to the one thing that tells no lies and knows no bias, and that's data. The undeniable reliable, that cold mean bitch data to truly determine whether Die Hard is in fact a Christmas movie, I needed to determine value points and it's assigned those to key factors. One that makes a Christmas movie, well, a fucking Christmas movie. And to do this, I first started with two films. One of them is an undeniable Christmas film in every aspect and sense of the word. Miracle on 34th Street. And the next I needed a film that is, while universally accepted as a Christmas movie, is unconventional and could be described as a middle-of-the-road Christmas movie, Elf. So using these two films as a point of reference, I established a point system, one that attributes values to characters, plot points, musical score, etc. I did this and came up with a scoring system, and in order to get me one step closer to a minimum point value on my scale, at which point when a film crosses it or achieves it, 
it is undeniably a Christmas movie. So in order to do this, I made the scale out of a possible 100 points. Working backwards from this, in order to keep it simple and to stop my brain and the entire Peruvian brains from exploding. It, it does sound like, simple. It is simple. <laughs> Trust me. Here we go. 100 points. And here is the assigned following point values for Christmas movies. Does the film feature the actual Santa Claus? A real Santa? You get 25 points for that. Does the film's central plot evolve around activities set on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? i.e. film set at Christmas. You get 15 points for that. Does the film in any way attempt to make a statement about the meaning of Christmas and or to achieve the perfect Christmas? 15 points for that. And I, in reviewing other films, I did allow other subplot points, such as being together with family for the holidays, or it's not about the gifts we buy. It's the love we share. Some poor shit, anti-commercialism bullshit like that. Or the Eastern Europeans you throw off a rooftop. Yes, could be. We'll get to that. Uh, is there at least one character dressed as a Santa, a.k.a. what I called in my brain, the mall Santa rule? If there is, it's worth 10 points. Does this film make a specific attempt to feature Christmas music, either traditional or contemporary? This can include scenes where characters sing carols, or there's a montage set to a Christmas song. That's worth 10 points. Uh, is there an exchange of gifts or a significant plot point about the perfect gift? Five points. Is there a sleigh and or reindeer? Five points. Is there a Christmas tree? Five points. Is the fucking North Pole in it? Five points. And finally, does the film feature elves? Five points. All of that totals up to a possible 100 points. Now, you're using this scoring system, I was able to score the two previously mentioned films. Miracle on 34th Street, which we all can agree is a Christmas movie, right? Scored an 85 out of 100. I've never seen it. You uncultured son of a bitch. But that's not the point. Listen, <laughs> yeah, that's not my thing. No, no. But Elf scored a perfect 100 on the scale, having every single element aforementioned. Accidentally, by the way. So also, now that realization shocked me that somehow statistically, based off of these numbers, Elf is more of a Christmas music than Miracle on 34th Street. So I took the next step and I applied the new scoring scale to the two films we've already reviewed in our Christmas series. A Christmas Story scored a 45, and Scrooge wow. scores a 40. Now, again, shocking, but now the data starts to take shape, right? A Christmas Story, one that, regardless of how you like it or not, is universally agreed to be a Christmas movie, scored 45 points. And probably one of the all-time top five on everybody's list, Christmas Story makes it. True. It has been universally voted as a top Christmas movie, at least in the United States of America. So I decided to finally test the scores against three other movies that I've already watched this year with my family. Jingle All the Way scores a 65. Home Alone scores a 55. And Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, scores a 40. Okay, so now we've established a Christmas baseline. I'm approaching this thing fucking scientifically. Bear with me. All right, so I just needed data from other films that are decidedly not Christmas movies. Right? So the scores for these films that I've watched recently are as follows. Mortal Kombat 1995 scores a zero. <laughs> Children of Men scores a zero. Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers scored five points because it's got elves. And, and I'm not I'm not mincing anything up here. Okay. 
So now we have our data set. We know that uh, that films that are decidedly not Christmas score very little to no points, and the average score of all the aforementioned Christmas films balances out to be 65.71 points, which is perfectly average out of a scale of 100. So using all this data, I decided to take the most practical route and ask what is the lowest scoring universally accepted Christmas movie on this list? That would be a Christmas story at 45 points. And so using this with all of the aforementioned other data, I have officially determined that using the scoring system, that the minimum value a film must achieve to be indisputably recognized as a Christmas film is to achieve 45 points on this Christmas scoring scale. It was at this point that I finally watched Die Hard with this list of data in mind. And now the time has come to ask the main reason that I did any of this bullshit and did a lot of math, huh. even though my job involves no math other than spending other people's money. Where does Die Hard score on a system? Well, motherfuckers, let's go down it. Does Die Hard feature the actual real Santa in this film? No. Zero points for Die Hard. Does the film's central plot evolve around activities on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning? Yes, the movie takes place on Christmas Eve into Christmas morning. That's 15 points. Does the film in any way attempt to make a statement about the meaning of Christmas and to achieve a perfect Christmas? And I say yes, because the film is about John McClane trying to spend Christmas with his separated family, i.e. he and another character are trying to have a perfect Christmas. That's worth 15 points. Is there at least one character dressed as Santa, a.k.a. the mall Santa rule? I say no. Even though you could make a convincing argument about the reveal of the dead guy in a Santa hat with the, I have a machine gun now, ho, 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 and that would suffice, but it isn't, and no shitty Santa appears in this film, so that's zero points. Does the film attempt to feature Christmas music, either traditional or contemporary? Yes, it does. In addition to Ode to Joy and Winter Wonderland being in it, fucking Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. Okay, that's all I need to say on that one. So that's 10 points to that. Is there an exchange of gifts or significant plot point about a perfect gift? No, because even though Holly gets that fucking wash, which bothers me every time I see this movie, and John brings the stuffed animals for his kid, there is no real exchange of gifts in the Christmas spirit. So zero, and mostly because um, because Mr. Takagi doesn't exchange the codes with Hans Gruber like he fucking should. That would have got the movie five points, but they don't. Uh, it does not feature a sleigh and or a reindeer. Zero points there. Is there a Christmas tree? Yes. There is no North Pole and there's no elves, so zero points in that category. So that brings the final score of Die Hard on the Christmas scoring scale to 45 points, tying it with a Christmas story. And so, henceforth, by the power invested in me by the state of Pennsylvania, the United States of America, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, and your father's brothers and nephews, cousins, former roommate, I officially declare that Die Hard is indisputably, mathematically, a Christmas movie. Cue the fucking music. <laughs> I'm dancing right now for the people that are only listening. He is dancing. I am dancing. He is. With no music. Terribly. No music. None. But we can, we, can fix that in, we can fix that in post. Easy. Yeah. Also, yeah. for future reference, uh, Rocky Four, which I watch weekly anyway, uh, scores a 45. Um, Tim Allen's The Santa Claus scores a perfect 100. And Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's It, it didn't. <laughs> And Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, which has significant Christmas subplot, only scored a 25. 
<laughs> if you were paying attention to my list, it also classifies uh, Home Alone as a Christmas movie, despite my earlier misgivings about it. And Home Alone 2 is not an un indisputable, at least, Christmas movie. So my answer 25 minutes later is, yeah, it fucking is a Christmas movie. Because math said it is. There. That was that was deeper than I was expecting for this yeah, conversation. Excellent work, man. Excellent work. Thank you. That, I, I think that's the most work you put into any episode so far. <laughs> on the Currently, front. yeah. I, so I, it I, only took twenty six episodes to get here, but <laughs> twenty six episodes. I've known this guy for at least eighteen years, and um, I I think this is the. I've never seen this before. <laughs> I, I have, I have, I'm, I'm in shock. Like the amount of thought and work in critical <laughs> thinking. I've, I've never seen this side of you before. I feel like right now you could go run for office and you could not be stopped. That's <laughs> uh, and as long as no one mentions the podcast in my Senate run, Oh, in which I may have earlier <laughs> mentioned that perhaps Mick Foley's uh, semen could. Don't repeat it again. No. Nope. <laughs> 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 go that. back in the archives. Yeah, don't bring it back. Go back yeah. in the archives, guys. Go back in the archives. It, yeah. it does not resemble nutmeg and eggnog at all. No. No. Mick Foley's we'll, semen. We'll blow past that. But uh, I appreciate the work. You know, uh, I had to make use of my college Excel spreadsheet classes at some point awesome. for data points so it was it was good but yeah i thought listen i respond i don't know i'm sure everyone knows this by now but i respond very emotionally to very trivial things on this fucking podcast okay like i fucking ran up from across the room to the microphone just to tell specific people fuck them for liking a band green day Okay, like that's your opinion, man. And I felt strongly enough. Jones and I are still fighting about Bad Boys too. Like, and, yeah, because it's a bad movie. Fuck you. How about uh, that? No, let's not. No, no, let's no, not. no, sir. That's not no. a good movie. Well, okay, you, okay. No. One day we're gonna do this for real, and I'm gonna look you dead in the eyes, and you're gonna look across to me. You're gonna look, and we're gonna have this moment. I'm gonna tell you once mm. again, in a vacuum, Bad Boys Two, passable action film. But when you compare it to the first one, it can't even come close. Its arms are too short. It can't. It can't jab. It, it, it can't do anything. You, you and I both know this. Is, the world knows it's true. Everybody on this podcast knows that Bad Boys One is superior on every level to to Part Two. And you can look at me with that smug look and pretend <laughs> that's not true. Like you somehow know more about bad boys than anybody else in the world. We all know deep down when you go to bed tonight in the back of your mind, you're going to go, yeah, bad boys one is better. And that's okay. The argument I'm looking at you with a smug fucking look, <laughs> yeah. uh, because it's not the argument is that bad boys one is better than bad boys. Two. That's Everybody always the goddamn argument. No, you just you literally 30 seconds it's ago not a good movie. described it as a shitty movie. It is not a it's shitty not movie. And it's also it's not very good on top of that. Okay. All right. Listen, it's possible. You, can you can describe bad boys Two existing in a fucking vacuum all you want, but uh, well, you have to just like a to vacuum. That opinion fucking sucks. Okay. <laughs> because this in this house, in this world, this, and you know what I want to say in some world, 
that's a valid opinion, Doc, but your weak link is that this is fucking Earth, okay? Uh-huh. And on Earth, we respect uh-huh. bad boys, too. And you know what? No, no one does but you. No, you know what? That's fine, because I'm all they need. I'm all they need. Yes. Martin Lawrence Take your laser disc of bad boys, too, and go somewhere with it, because no one wants to watch it. Okay, Doc, let me ask you a question. You brought this up. You 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 did Please. this to yourself. You did this to yourself. Oh, that's ought to be good. Man. You want me to go somewhere with bad boys too? We all know I would. But you gotta tell uh, me. Okay. That, okay. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna set it, set the mood for you. It's ten thirty at night. You've had a long day at work and you're fucking hungry. So you go to an Arby's, and you go up to the counter and you're looking at the menu and you look up at the menu. The guy's like, "What do you want?" I'm like, just "Give me a second. And you look up, and you're looking at the menu and you look back down and the teenage worker that was just there, he's not there anymore. Sitting there with a headset on is Bad Boys 2. And Bad Boys 2 wants you. Bad Boys 2 wants you to take it back behind the dumpster of the Arby's on Route 88 and do the thing to it. It wants you to tell it that it's a terrible movie. It wants you to treat it like a piece of shit and remind it that it'll never live up to the first one because Tia Leone's not in it. Okay? Will you do it? Will you do that for Bad Boys 2? Will you do, do that too, Bad Would you fuck Bad Boys 2, Doc? That's what I'm asking you. Behind the dumpster at an army. <laughs> I just see if that guy just put some army sauce on top of, on top of uh, Bad Boys 2's chest. Yeah, the weird thing is that I could see that from my house. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll answer that question as honestly as I can. Um, I wouldn't even give it the time of day. I wouldn't even grace it with my attention because by doing that, by, by even just saying, hey, how you doing? Would then kind of like give it a little bit of self-confidence, make it feel like someone cares. No one cares. It's the one bad boys movie that no one talks about for a reason. You're internet bullying bad boys too right now. <laughs> Dude, with all due respect, it's not that good. It's you're not. internet bullying bad boys too, and you're both you're doing that while simultaneously slut shaming it. And I just want you to go home still. and and put the soundtrack. You are home. Leave your house and then go back in your house and put the soundtrack on and you think about what you've done. Yeah, I will. But I, right. I, I do want I do want to turn it as Jones and I kind of explain. Uh, I, he he kind of explained. I over explained why I feel this way. Um, Jafar, I want to know. So, what was your deciding factors? How how did you determine that Die Hard is indeed a Christmas movie? Yeah. So while I was watching it, I was trying to think of it objectively. So, like for the sake of argument's sake, like how did I feel watching it? And while I was watching it, I was like, it doesn't really feel like a Christmas movie. It feels like an action movie. So I had a checklist, a Christmas movie checklist that I put together of all the themes that make a Christmas movie a Christmas movie. A lot of the ones are the same that you had on your list. I just don't have a uh, point system. I just have yes or no, and the majority were yes. So does it take place on Christmas? Yes. Are there Christmas visuals and themes? Yes. Is there Christmas music? Yes. Including Christmas and Hollis, my favorite Christmas song of all time. It's a slapper. Was it released at Christmas time around the holidays? No, it was not. It came out in the summer. But fun fact, Miracle on 34th Street also came out in the summer. Uh, So that doesn't necessarily make it a Christmas movie, but it wasn't designed with the holiday audience in mind. Uh, Is it watched at Christmas time? Yes. And I did some research. Streaming of Die Hard 
jumps 400% from Thanksgiving to New Year's, and then it settles back out. Every year, it's consistent, that same peak. So that's a yes. Uh, does it focus on the F word, meaning family, not fuck? <laughs> yes, it focuses on both, one more than the other. Uh, is there a story about redemption and fulfillment? Yes. Is there a Christmas mir miracle? John McClane could be the miracle, or according to Hans, the FBI is the miracle uh, because it was the distraction. So that's a yes. And then finally, is there Santa Claus? The answer was no, although I wish I had the now I have a machine gun ho 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 shirt. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would be really so, amazing. So of those 10 things, eight of the 10 boxes were checked. So I'm like, even though it doesn't feel like Christmas, it checks all the boxes. So it's Christmas to me. And my man. And my my point to that, Jeff, is that we have a very um there's a very narrow minded view of what Christmas is to people. It's snow, mm -hmm. it is holiday lights, it is yep. family getting around the Christmas tree. And not the majority, I would say, of Christmas around the world, including in LA, that's not what it is. Christmas in the Southern Hemisphere is a warm holiday. It is. Uh, Christmas in many parts of the United States. You know, I have some friends that have recently moved to Florida. Uh, I've been out in California in, uh, in December visiting family, uh, not at the holidays, but just before. That is the reality of Christmas for a lot of people. So when people want to say, oh, well, it doesn't feel like a Christmas movie. Fuck you, you narrow-minded piece of shit. <laughs> Just because it doesn't fit your view of what a Christmas movie is doesn't mean that it's not a Christmas movie because you've been force-fed this Rockwellian purpose of what Christmas should be. Um, so, you know, I, I, and I thought about that too when I gave it the rewatch because I'm like, you know, yeah, thematically, it doesn't feel like a Christmas movie until I thought to myself, you narrow-minded fuck. This is Christmas <laughs> to a lot of other people around the world, around this fucking country. This is what Christmas is. So how am I to sit there and say, just because we've not been exposed visually to Christmas in Arizona or in San Diego or in Texas that, you know, that's not really what Chris or Hawaii, right? You know, just because there's one fucking Corona commercial that we see every Christmas where they light the palm tree. Right. Um, it's true. So, so yeah. So thematically there, that's the case. My, my conversation where Christmas and, and die hard come together can even be compared to die hard with a vengeance. <sighs> It's it's okay. Feel it. Take it in. Take it in. It's I think it's an appropriate moment to say, and you know, we all had this conversation during multiple episodes that weren't Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not episodes. Can we all <laughs> unanimously agree that regardless of how we feel about Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance is the superior Die Hard movie? Oh, what's the best one? Ever. What thousand yeah, it's hands down? Yeah. My, my God, it's such. It's not just a superior Die Hard movie. It's like an amazing movie. Yeah. Like all the way through and every every frame, every scene, the score. No one had a damn right to make the ants go marching slap that hard as it does mm -hmm. in that movie. 
So sorry, you just you just I just a just a little bit came out of the tip when yeah. you mentioned Die Hard: The Vengeance because the yeah. Mad Alpha's kicking in. I just just sorry. Go that's, go back to yourself. That's why I did it, Noah. I wanted to give you just a little a little a little tease. Um, but I think even if you compare Die Hard to other Die Hard movies, where again we have a very similar theme as to what's kind of going on here. You can sit there and tell me that you, or you can't tell me that the first Die Hard and the third Die Hard feel like the same movie. Um, you cannot have Die Hard if Christmas is not happening. Number one, Nakatomi Tower, a massive building in Central City, LA, would be packed on any other fucking work day of the year. But it's Christmas Eve. So the only people in the building are from the Nakatomi Corporation. And they're having their Christmas party inside the building. The reason the terrorists choose that day to go in and rob that company and break into that <laughs> vault is because it was strategically chosen as Christmas. John McClane is not in LA. He's still in fucking New York City putting away six months worth of, of criminals. He's not in LA if it's not Christmas, if he's not trying to be with his family. And clearly, as established in the film, there is some strife with the family because of him not necessarily supporting her. And I know that kind of goes into the reason why they're separated in the first place. Um, but he's not there if it's not Christmas. The party doesn't happen if it's not Christmas. If you compare Die Hard to other acceptable Christmas movies, I would sit there and say Die Hard is more a Christmas movie than other acceptable Christmas movies. Um, I, I never would have given it the thought of Christmas Story, even though I like it more. But I gave it to another Christmas movie that has a very similar premise office Christmas party. If anybody has seen that movie, I saw the trailer like a bunch no, of times. So I've gone through and seen it. I have seen it. Yes. Yeah. Office Christmas Party is essentially the same movie as Die Hard, with just slightly more investment in the Christmas party itself. There's a lot but more it, cocaine. Uh, I'm not more listen, cocaine. I'm yeah. going to say they dump um, the cocaine into a fan that is supposed to blow fake snow because they think it's fake snow and the entire party gets fucking high out of their minds. Yeah. Um, All right. Good times. Good times. But, yeah, but, 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 there, right? Um, love Actually. Just another Christmas party. Love, love actually. actually. The, dare I say, one of the modern renaissance of holiday films that everybody loves to watch around the Christmas time, right? I don't. Um, I don't like that movie. No. It is also featuring... Hans Gruber himself, Alan Rickman. Yeah, no, um, see. And, um, and even maybe, and even probably, and here's another thing too, real quick. Let me, before, I, before I let you do this point here, Noah. No, please. Hans Gruber as a character, as an international criminal, thief, what is it? I can't remember if it was East, I think it was East German Army. East German, yes. yes. Yeah. His character is more redeemable than Alan Rickman's fucking character in Love Actually. This is true. 
watch Love Actually after, or watch Die Hard after Love Actually, so you can feel a little bit better about what happens to Alan Rickman. Because yeah. he is a he is a prick, and everybody hates what happens in Love Actually. But I, I, yeah, if, when you compare the movies together, you can't sit there and tell me that Die Hard is less of a Christmas movie than Love Actually. Love Actually can really take place at any point in time. You know, they just happen to want to feature Christmas in the relationships. There are a couple of subplots that, well, if you can't do it because it's Christmas, when can you do it? But, you know, there's a whole sequence in Love Actually that they are basically in the countryside in Spain. No fucking snow. There's no reason. There's, for it, yeah. there's an entire you know, porn subplot of two people meeting each other, which has nothing to do with Christmas. There's no fucking mistletoe over his dick or over her hooch. Right. Right. Not over their cash and prizes. Um, there are maybe two different stories in that movie where Christmas is really a part of it. Not to mention, you know, I mean, the fucking prime minister of that prime minister in the movie, um, basically trying to have the most non um, the most consensual and non-consensual affair in, in British political history. But that yeah. hard cannot, will not exist. Again, the entire, you listen to the whole credits of the movie. The entire fucking soundtrack outside of the orchestral pieces that go through the movie, which is basically not Christmas movie or Christmas movie. It's just the fucking 80s, right? Yeah. That you can basically take that that soundtrack and put it over top of any action movie in the 80s and it'll fucking work. But every other song in that movie that is not the orchestral soundtrack is a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, so this movie cannot, will not possibly exist if the spirit of the season is not involved. So um, that's that's my soapbox on that one, everybody. And I've I've known that then. And I feel that now there are a couple of points in the movie where I did question it, but yeah. I go back to that point. Can this movie exist without Christmas? And the answer is emphatically no. Even if you compare it to Die Hard 2, which also takes place at Christmas, it is not the same feeling because I will sit there and say Die Hard 2 is not a Christmas movie. No, it is not. Even that thematically, it feels more like Christmas because it's snowing. You know, it's cold outside. It's dark. It is our perception of the holiday. Um, and you said about the Christmas miracle. Is it a non-traditional Christmas miracle? Sure. But did what Macaulay Culkin do in fucking Home Alone any different? Yeah, no. speaking of Home Alone, I mean, if you look at what Kevin McAllister did to the Wet Bandits, like the level of violence, like it's sort of cheeky and fun because it's a kid doing it. But it, if that any of those things happened in real life, those two motherfuckers would be dead. Oh, the, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. Some of the hardest oh. I have ever laughed in my life is watching the Wet Bandits get hit with bricks from five stories up. And home oh, dude, but you can't survive that attempted murder. <laughs> There's no way. No, oh no, that no, that's not that's not attempted murder. That's legit. The first one, if he lives, that's a cracked face and permanent brain damage. Uh, two through five, when he hits 
fucking uh, Daniel Stern with those things. Marv. He's just he, he's just he's just throwing bricks into a wet puddle that used to be that dude's face <laughs> at that point. Uh, yeah. Listen, I I don't want to finish eating dinner if I burn my tongue on the food that I'm eating if it's too hot coming out of the oven. I'm not going to fucking worry about breaking into somebody's house when I got a fucking M melted into my hand. I'm done at that point. I've broken into enough houses. I don't need to go ahead and hit the McAllister house. Fuck it. It's fine. What do I got to prove? I've got a whole plumbing truck full of goods from the other houses, right? That's right. The most unrealistic part about that first Home Alone movie to me isn't all of that. And it isn't the fact that anytime I just rewatched these movies within the last month with my daughter. And I just find myself now as a parent screaming about how terrible the parenting is in these It's movies. awful. Just, just it's awful. Atrocious. And they just laugh it off like it's no they big do. deal. Oh, but the most unrealistic part about the whole thing, and I had to pause the movie and stop my daughter and say, listen, I want you to know that's not how this happens. Is it when is, is the, it when she drives across the country from Scranton, Pennsylvania to Chicago in a fucking truck full of polka players? No, 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 no. It's even it's even better than that. It's the first scene where where Daniel Stern slips and falls on the ice because living in the Northeast United States, we've all slipped and fell on ice. And when you hit that ice, you lay there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you reassess everything that happened in your life into that moment to see who the who what happened to you to lead you to falling on this ice and then we all do this thing that no one ever talks about you get up you look around to see who saw you fall right like like if you're not with yeah. somebody oh, like of course. who saw that who saw that and you never really see anybody but you know someone oh, saw somebody it. saw someone yeah. saw <laughs> there's, somebody, there's saw. always somebody who saw it and at Every that time. point that's where you tuck it in you're like fuck it no i'm done my ass hurts I'm going to get full chili somewhere he, and get real mad about this. He absolutely like, shit himself when he hit the ground. There's yes, no way he didn't. <laughs> There's no way he didn't. Now, I want to piggyback off of that, Noah, because I so feel very strong about this. <laughs> I'm going to take you. I'm going to take our audience on a little journey here real quick before we circle back to Die Hard. I want to go ahead and talk about a, uh, a hockey game that myself, that Jeff, and a friend of all of ours, Mike Viola, went to. Many Who's going to hate ago. our decision on this podcast, by the way? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait for him to uh, hate the decision that came up on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a Pens-Flyers game. And for anybody who is a hockey fan listening to this podcast, that's a rivalry, ladies and gentlemen, and probably one of the most heated uh, in, in uh, hockey and uh, one of the more fabled in sports. American well, sports. Yeah. At, at this hockey game, before the game, during the game, Myself, Mike, and Jeff, we drank for the occasion, everyone. We drank pretty hard. Now, as we're leaving the arena, all three of us, very um, two shits to the wind at this point, probably myself and Jeff a little bit more than Mike. Um, we're walking, we're horsing around, and ladies and gentlemen, fucking Jeff, in one of the greatest I can, I can cinematic moments, one of the greatest cinematic moments I've ever experienced in my life. Jones, this is the equivalent to me tossing a box of noodles of pasta into a pot not boiling and then looking at <laughs> dead in the eyes and going, probably shouldn't have done that. Um, That's right. I watched Jeff fucking freely walk right into a parking meter. 
just dead on the fucking street. We're walking aggressive, aggressively too. It wasn't just like a gentle tap. It was no. full on to my chest. Absolutely. <laughs> fucking square right in the chest to the oh point that we looked over to continue having the conversation with Jeff and noticed he just wasn't there anymore. And just looking back, <laughs> just, just this kind of fucking two arms and a leg wrapped around. Yeah, this just thing. like this, like over the top of just, it. Yeah. Just, just over the top of it. Now, for anybody who knows me, knows that karma doesn't happen to me in a month. It doesn't happen to me in a week. It doesn't even wait a day. It's it happens instant. fucking now. So, as we're giving Jeff shit about walking into a fucking parking meter in the middle of Fifth Avenue in front of an entire arena in a sea of people, <laughs> a thousand people around me, we are crossing the street. I go to step up on the curb about four feet too early. <laughs> So as, I, <laughs> so as I step down, my foot fucking catches the curb and I fucking like a sack of potatoes <laughs> just drop oh. face first onto the sidewalk and slid about four feet. I, I, ripped, I, fucking, I ripped a hole through my jeans. Oh, I ripped, I ripped off a, I ripped off a fingernail. Like, oh, and to your point, Noah, I laid there. <laughs> I didn't even because, see it. I was still on that fucking parking meter. And, 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 you know, so I'm fucking down and I can't go anywhere. I'm basically a part of the sidewalk at that point. So like Mike and Jeff come up real quick and they're like, ah, you fucking fell, dude. Why aren't he's not getting up? And like it turned from laughter to concern, not just amongst our friends, but amongst a plethora of strangers around who had to peel my fucking pancake flat body off the ground. Um, but that's the point we're talking about here, ladies and gentlemen, about Dan's turn falling on the ice <laughs> in Home Alone. Oh my God! So, oh. so as an as a, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of years working. Uh, we we you know a number of us here worked at Toys R Us. Um, I spent time working at an ice rink when I was in high school and, and early college, and you'd see kids run, and they trip and fall. And they either just bounce right back up and just keep on going, or they lay there for a minute and cry and look around to see if anybody's watching, including their parents. And when they don't, they stop crying, they get up, and they just keep going. But there's somewhere around 27 or 28 that if you fall, it's done. Yeah, it is you feel over. That shit. <laughs> it is over. You feel that shit for days. You know? <laughs> your pride and your body. Oh. So, um, but yeah, so fuck Daniel Stern, how you've even managed to get up from that is, you know, oh. hats off to you. No spring so. chicken. That's a hell of a sidebar, yeah. Mac. That's a hell, a hell of a it, sidebar. It, it, it is. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, the uh, Christmas tales of Dave O'Mac, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to, I want to uh, obviously circle back to Die Hard um, <laughs> um, briefly. Uh, so I almost didn't, I wasn't going to say this initially, uh, but as I listened 
to what you guys are saying and how you feel about it, it really kind of reaffirms my thoughts a little bit. And I'm going to go with, I said I watched the movie twice uh, because I felt like I, I had to. I really, really had to. I wanted to watch it once. I mean, just blind, really not thinking one way or the other about it. Oh, am I looking for Christmas elements? Because I really remember nothing, like zero things. So I was pleasantly surprised when I noticed so much, I will call it superficial Christmas elements in the movie, which was good. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, you know, Christmas music, like subtle, you know, uh, you know, music in the background, uh, you know, commercial music. Um, and, and I think I wrote in my notes, I only wrote a page of notes cause it just like, there wasn't a lot to really say about it after a while. At some point, this stops being a Christmassy movie. It just stops for a while. Yeah. And then it kind of becomes one again for a while. Like, yeah, all, the, sort of all like, the action in the middle, like, takes a pause from Christmas, and then it circles back. Yeah, it just, it's just weird. Yeah. So, like, when I finished it, like, I, I finished the movie, and I'm like, I mean, it. I can see why people feel that it is, for sure. I was like, but it doesn't, it's not like... It's not Christmas at all to me. It's 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 got elements, but not a lot of it, right? So I'm like, only watch this. I'm just gonna watch it again. Fuck it. But this time, I'm really gonna look at it with the perspective of this is gonna be a Christmas movie. I figured I was looking at it this way because I already seen it. Was, everything was fresh in my mind, all the details, everything. But before I did, I'm like, I wonder what the director thought about this film because that's the most important part the the creative direction, right? That's true. So I'm assuming. Mac, you, since you wrote a, a college paper on this, you're aware, I mean, the original script had no elements of Christmas at all. It was just like a heist movie. Uh, and the director had no interest in that. It was brought to him multiple times. He had no interest in it. But eventually, he decided, well, if I could add some soul to it, some, some energy to it, make people care a little bit more, that's where the Christmas elements came into play, right? So, realistically, the movie Die Hard was not supposed to be a Christmas film on any level. It became one over time. Um, and I, well, though I will respect, respectfully agree to disagree, I truly believe that this movie, without Christmas, is the exact same movie. Uh, it doesn't really need it. I, the, I don't think the script falls apart without the elements of Christmas. It, 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 it enhances the story, sure, of course it does. But it doesn't really need to exist to, for me as the consumer. Um, but after watching it the second time, knowing what I know about what the director felt, knowing that I what what I have kind of like consumed the, the first two hours and fucking whatever minutes of my life, um, I realized, like I said in the beginning of this episode, it is easily like the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. If it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> like it is legit ass not that awesome it's a fine action film it's a great action film sure but as a christmas film on any level whether it's traditionally or or not traditionally or whatever you want to fucking call it it's not that awesome there's no learned lesson there's no real christmas I mean. experience what it is is an action film that's what it is and that's okay that it is and i wrote here that well, although I'm not sold that it's really, truly a good Christmas film, it doesn't matter. Because the monolith that is pop culture has decided for me. And there are people who, I didn't write this, but 
have written articles, essays about this, who believe it so strongly it might as well be true. Honestly, it doesn't really matter what we think because most people think that it is. But at the end of the day, the director said it is. And if the director says it is, then it fucking is. The, the female... So, like, when I read that, it almost went like, what's the point of the fucking episode? Why are we recording this if the director said it is? I mean, it is. in all due fairness, James Cameron maintains that Avatar is a good movie. That doesn't make, mean it is. It's pretty fucking far from a good movie. Ava I completely agree with you on that, Noah. Avatar yeah. is a vanilla movie if I've ever seen and had vanilla in my life. Um, I don't like vanilla. It's boring. Make some fucking fruit or chocolate in that shit. But at I mean, least that's, listen. That's not a really good comparison, right? Like oh, no. he oh, no. says it's no, a good movie, but, but no. he says it's no. a Christmas movie. Yeah. No, so, I mean there it is. Well, wait, 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 saying, one second, one second, one second. Let me just say something here. Uh just because this is the only time I'll probably ever get to mention this on the podcast. You're gonna make Ooh. that expensive of a movie with all those visual effects, and you're gonna bother to basically explain how these blue fuckers have sex. But you ain't gonna give me a little bounce a wow on that. You ain't gonna let me. You're not gonna slow it down. You're not gonna have any sexy saxophone in that. We're, we're not gonna like, get lethal weapon sax in there. No lethal weapon no sax sex. in that. No, no sexy sax in that at all. Could have them like tie up their knots. They look at each other. Basically, the way they have sex is the same way they interact with other animals. So the fucking, um, you know, aliens and Avatar are some kinky motherfuckers. Which I'm down with. God, I hope if those we go tentacles to planet, fuck that entire planet. Maniacs. They fuck dragons. They fuck six-legged horses. They fuck the trees and the ground. Like it is just a massive, like cum-filled orgy on that fucking planet. Could you imagine um, if, of all the visualizations that have ever come out of a possible alien invasion, if porn got it right? If these aliens just land on Earth and just start trying to fuck. Hey, <laughs> that's that's if, if, if anybody's not anybody listening to this podcast has not ever really watched rick and morty that's basically half the show <laughs> aliens yeah. aliens on other planets let's fuck it's <laughs> and, and i feel like that's what the actual intergalactic like um grid is really all about what species can fuck with other species um, far, i cut you i cut you off with with, with blue dicks and stuff so I was going to yeah, say that uh, uh, that's Watchmen. That's a whole different blue dick. <laughs> so much blue dick. Oh, but uh, I was going to say that Bruce Willis has gone on record to say Die Hard is not a fucking Christmas movie. It's a fucking Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> He's such a dick. <laughs> I read that quote. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> that was how he closed I, out his roast on Comedy Central. I, I, I feel like I feel like Bruce Willis didn't have the chops to write that himself. So oh, no. um, I will I will obviously take whatever Bruce Willis says with a grain of salt. The main female protagonist in the movie is named fucking Holly. Don't even sit there and tell me that when you're naming characters that that is not going to be on purpose because it absolutely is. Um, we mentioned the director, everybody. I want to go ahead and give a little bit of love here to John McTiernan, who directed boop, boop. Uh, Die Hard because he has also directed some other fine films over the years, including um, one of my, it's not my top 10, but it's absolutely my top 20, uh, Predator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Predator is a great film. Movie, dude. Great action yeah, film. Badass movie. It has, it it's, is, one of the, it's one of the few action movies from the 80s that unnecessarily ages so well. Mm -hmm. Like it oh, does. Yes. It gets better. Yeah. 
um, you know, we will have to discuss Predator at some point in time because I have a lot of strong feelings about that, how well-crafted that movie is, how it starts as one movie and it ends as something else. And also, as I will go ahead and kind of preview here, I believe that Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the greatest American actors of all time in American cinema because, and I'll say mainly because of this, anybody who tries to remake a movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger did fails Fails. fucking miserably Miserably. because there's just something about him as an actor that works. Right. Um, But John also directed die hard with a vengeance, right. As we would all say the, the favorite of this franchise, the hunt for red Mm -hmm. October last action hero. Um, you know, he's, he's got some, he's got some movies out here that are pretty good. Uh, a movie that I think is pretty underrated that I enjoyed the 13th warrior with Antonio yes. Banderas. It's, um, that is one of the biggest box office swaps of all time. Uh, and I don't get it. It's yeah. got that proof that the movie is fucking badass. So it's gotta be marketing. They, mar- <laughs> the they marketed that, that movie horribly. Yeah. Oh, um, <clears throat> that movie's amazing. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, to go back to your point here, Noah, um, I, I did, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a couple of years since I've really had a chance. And again, I got to watch this with Stephanie, my, my wonderful, beautiful, uh, five foot goddess, um, who is going to be listening to this podcast and probably through the door, <laughs> uh, as she's getting ready for bed right now. Um, but that was her first time watching it. Um, I don't know what Stephanie was doing in the 80s or in the early 90s when she could start watching 80s movies, but she missed a few. So over the course of our relationship, I've had the privilege of being able to bring a lot of that to her. And she said to me, this movie fucking, it slaps. She's like, I'm actually surprised by the level of storytelling they, they, they attempt to put into this movie. Little elements they introduce in the first act that pay off later on. Um, small moments that end up being coming major. Hey, you know, are you afraid of flying? When I'm afraid of flying, I like to take, when I get to the place that I go to, I like to take off my shoes and socks and I just like to rub my feet uh, no, on the carpet. You got to make fists with your toes. You got to make fists with your toes. Fists with your just toes. To, just to kind of ground myself where I am. And that whole fucking I'm sorry, thing. Wait one second. Dear sweet listener. I dearly um, invite you to open up incognito browser on your phone, go to Google and put fist toes and then hit videos on Google search. Is that, is that for our midnight listener? That's for our singular midnight listener. Hey, how you doing? We hope you you enjoyed your Peruvian supply uh, surprise. You beautiful bastard. Um, Have have we heard from Puerto Rico, Noah? Has Puerto Rico checked in? Uh, you know what? Give me a second. I'll look into that while we're we're letting our midnight listener uh, work up his fluff, just, as just, it were. Just work your feet into that carpet, midnight listener. Yeah, make fists just with your ahead. toes. Fist with your toes. Trust me, I've been a. I know, that's a. Here's the thing that it's one of those. And I'm trying not to pick apart this movie because that's not what I wanted to do, right? But when he gets done with that line, okay. When he gets done with that line, and then he grabs the bear and the guy sees the gun and he's like, don't worry, I've been a cop for all these years. And then he makes eye contact with that fucking stewardess, right? As he goes by and then he doubles back and then we're right in the credit sequence. And that it was kind of weird. It makes me, and I've never thought about it until I started watching this movie objectively now. Did John McClane cheat on Holly? 
when they were separated. Is it cheating? We're not going to get into that. I play. feel real confident he's not an awesome husband. No. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a piece of shit. It seems like it, yes. for that. Yeah. yeah. Now, see, I didn't. I didn't get that impression. You the impression didn't? I how no because the impression that I got was I've been away from my wife for six fucking months. All I can do now is is window shop, right? I can go ahead and take a look at the goods without really touching it. Because the other thing I think too in his mind is this is my last chance of of fixing this marriage. We haven't been talking for a little while. She has the fucking kids, right? If this fails, that stewardess goes from window shopping to window dressing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna fucking wear that on my way out. That's a good point. Um, and I, that I actually I, makes him a worse person. Well, oh yeah. You know what sure. though? Like <laughs> actually, what, if, I mean, I I know, gentlemen, if you have you taken that cross country flight before? I mean, I Jeff, I know yes. you have. Uh, Jones, I don't, Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long ass flight to be sitting there by yourself contemplating what the fuck are you going to get into on the other side of that flight? Yeah. Not to mention breaking up a terrorist um, ring, trying to abduct $640 million in, in secure bonds. Right. So, you know, when you go into like that type, I've even had like an hour long drive where I'm going to somebody's house to like, see, well, am I going to be in a relationship after this? When I, when I drive back, right. Um, I've seen the flip side of that where she drove an hour to my house and then fucking decided to egg my house when she got there. So, you know, beyond, beyond that, you know, you, you, you have to sit there and, and, and also have prepared yourself that after six months, your marriage is very likely over. And you got that nice glimmer right at the beginning of the movie when she, when she reaches out to him, where are you staying? You know, why don't you come to the house? I know the kids will be happy to see you. Pause. Happy. Gonna wipe my pits with your nice, really Nakatomi <laughs> private bathroom towel. And I'm happy to see you too. Right? Fuck. We can relax a little bit. Now, we have to introduce a little strife because if we didn't, John's with Holly when the terrorists go into the party. And then he can't slip out the back door. But, you know... Just that whole urgency. And that's really where I think the Christmas miracle comes in is that, you know, anytime that you have those moments in your life where, you know, bad stuff starts to happen, it puts a lot of things in perspective about the people you want to have with you, whether John's really going to save the day or not. And I like that John is not like fucking John Wick in this movie Mm -hmm. or, you know, even, you know, blood sports, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's just a fucking cop who knows how to fire a gun and is going to cuss at you like a fucking New York police officer is going to and inadvertently save the day. I was surprised how few terrorists he was acting like I, my original idea of the movie for a long time was just, he's fucking going room to room, surviving and Feels killing like 40 guys. Yeah. Until it's that, but that's not really how it is. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's like six the, guys. It's like six guys. And that's so much like, there, there's a little bit of realism we've lost in movies where the dude's not a fucking superhero in hiding. He's just a dude put in extraordinary circumstance and is able to fucking rise to the occasion just enough that he can walk out. No, yeah, just to add on to that, one of the few notes I have about this movie from rewatching it that isn't part of that large data dump I did on everybody earlier 
was a the very few amount of guys he kills in this movie and b the large amount of shots that he misses in this movie there's a lot of scenes where three bad guys run in they have a firefight one guy gets shot two bad guys run out right and then they move on to the next scene and they kind of whittle it down until there's only a couple left at the end but they don't really show up with a lot of guys but it, it does it's one of those things that i'm trying not to get on a pedestal or soapbox about action movies but here's a guy that doesn't have superhuman powers as you mentioned doesn't have like this uh, a sweet uh assassin ability to use any object around to assassinate somebody he misses most of the shots he takes and gets himself super fucked up during the course of this small encounter and he still manages to come off like an action hero so yeah one of the notes that i had was how shitty the rest of the bad guys were <laughs> like their t voices were terrible their dialogue was terrible it reminded me of uh suburban commando you're a dead man ramsey <laughs> oh man <laughs> like like that was the level of how shitty these terrorists were. I mean, By the way, we're absolutely guys, doing but... Suburban Commando. We're absolutely we doing to? that movie. Yeah. Can we can we do Suburban Commando while I am just dressed in my Suburban Commando? Yeah. If we'll, we'll we're going to keep the video guys. We're going to keep the camera from the waves up here. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> oh my god! So. It's so good. It's so terrible. It's so bad. But it is such a, a a moment in time. I feel like we should do like a special series. That is WrestleMania seven, right? Hogan versus and fights the entire Gulf War by himself. <laughs> then, we do, <laughs> then we do Suburban Commando right in the middle of that. And then oh, we do Survivor great. Series 91, where Tim versus the guy he fights in Suburban Commando, The Undertaker, right? We got to do like a three episode series about that. Just like how, how, how 1991 was Hulk Hogan? Well, let me tell you, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. No, uh, I, there's two other points I want to make about this movie, and I think it's important to note uh, about its Christmasness or lack therefore of. Um, what I think we you had both made great points. Everyone had made a great point about this movie could have taken place on another play, uh, time of the year, and I think that's to a certain extent true, right? Little rework of the script, and this takes place any other time of the year. And on the flip side, uh, the point I wanted to make is I think the reason why Christmas element sticks is because it adds a, a slice of innocence to, to before the bad guys show up. You know what I mean? Like if it was just a weekend in April, a guy trying to get back together with his wife, he goes to an office party, try to get together it's like oh it's okay but because it's christmas like come on give him a chance or let him see his kids or even the cocaine terrible motherfucker ellis deserves maybe a little bit of a shot because it's christmas man <laughs> so it, it softens it softens the the baby face part of the movie which i think helps sharpen the heel and that's the other point i wanted to make i think this could be construed as more of a christmas movie because even um, well, uh, let me step that back a little bit. I think it's a certainly most unique Christmas movie because even more than Bill Murray in Scrooge, this movie has a heel. Hans Gruber 
is such a great bad guy he's like he's like the nwo he's definitely a bad guy but he's so cool you don't want to root against him he's doing everything he is and like name me a christmas movie in which he a heel isn't like greedy man tries to make people buy more of this thing or or no the, the, that the heel isn't people who don't have the christmas spirit or like they're up here's the guy no he's he's literally planning to take a bunch of hostages to the roof and blow them up yeah he's a terrible human being but you kind of like him yeah well dressed well dressed you know that's he, alan rickman he's got the got the so, charming accent so you know severus snape three All three day. levels pre-severus snape of nottingham dude nails and, this movie nails uh, this movie I'm going so to hard cut his heart out with a spoon <laughs> one spoon? of the best it's dull you twit it'll hurt more <laughs> Great, well, to me, one of the most one of the most amazing heel monologues in any action movie, much less probably the I would even say I'm gonna put a stamp on it now. The most amazing heel monologue in any Christmas movie is he's like, we could do this any way you want. We could do it the easy way or the hard way. Alas, Mr. Takagi chose the hard way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. Like it's just like, <laughs> like oh god. By the way, I shot him oh, in his face. He's dead. yes, shot him. Strain of it's a shame to ruin that suit. Like oh, it's, and it's it, oh. it, and it's it's a great level of of diabolical playfulness that he has in the movie because he's like, we don't want to kill you because we need to kill you later. <laughs> I need to blow up the fucking roof. So there's just a mass of body parts that they're going to take years to sort through while I cash in these bonds and buy an island at somewhere in, in, in Fiji to live the rest of my days, right? Like, fucking, it's great. Um, just the, 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 the way he disarms you in the role. And that was really Alan Rickman's first real role in first Hollywood. Role. That was yeah. the first film role he had. I mean, he did a lot of Shakespeare and a lot of stage acting before He's that. Which you can, yeah, yeah you, can, you can definitely feel that. Um, but, uh, and, and talking about another Alan Rickman movie where, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, Harry Potter is a Christmas movie. Harry Potter is not a Christmas movie. Not even just I, the fact that it, it has a Christmas. They spend like three minutes in Christmas because they go through the entire year. Harry Potter is as much a Christmas movie as a Halloween movie, or as it is a, I'm taking my finals for the end of school movie. Right. Um, you know, so Harry Potter exists most of its time outside of Christmas. Die Hard exists only in Christmas. And, you know, you talked about, like, the, the thematic elements about the decorations and stuff. And I think another reason people look at Die Hard as maybe not being a Christmas movie is because the Christmas elements don't slap you across the face like a fucking butt pancake. Right? Yeah, one of my favorite things that they sort of snuck in because it takes place in L.A. and they couldn't do snow at the end when they're at the ambulance and the paper's just falling down, like it's yeah. real subtle, like, oh yeah, it feels like it's snowing. People you know? wrapped in yeah. blankets because they're in, yeah. in yeah. shock from the yeah. trauma. Yeah. Yeah. They look cold. There's no, and, and, and there's absolutely no fucking irony about that or mistake that was completely on purpose. It was completely planned. Again, the director, and it goes right into fucking let it snow. Yeah, right it's, at the end it's, credits. It's visual cues. Yeah, um, not a doubt. You know, they, they, they. De I mean, the cocaine, right? <laughs> we just got to get a little bump of snow here yeah. um, before I go try to negotiate with the terrorists to let us all go. And yeah, he gets, right, he kids. gets his coke, and then he gets his Coca Cola. Yeah, kids, 
just, 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 just a future reference, and I'm sure Doc, you could back me up on this. If you ever find yourself in a high-pressure terrorist hostage negotiation, uh, lay off the cocaine before you go talk to the terrorists. It's a good call. It's you good know? call. Not, not a good. It's not a good look. Mind. I feel like not the a more, good call. I feel like the more you know should be going across everybody's. Uh, <laughs> mental image of this podcast Just gonna right put now. that out there maybe maybe you know that cocaine that's burning a hole in your pocket maybe don't don't do a bump before you go yeah. negotiate for the lives <laughs> of everyone at this building right yeah. it's the people who are armed maybe, yeah for sure no, hashtag I, I, don't do coke before a hostage situation and, you know, I, I want to throw something out here to the listeners as well, just talking about, you know, Christmas movie versus non-Christmas movie. Let me take something that's a little bit more contemporary right now that a lot of people can probably re relate to. Iron Man 3. Ugh. Iron Man 3 takes place during Christmas. There are some Christmas decorations. There's streets decked for the holidays. You know, he talks about Merry Christmas at the end of the movie. Nobody looks at Iron Man and thinks that that's a holiday, that that's a Christmas movie. You don't you don't feel it at all. Yeah. No. But if you're gonna walk go ahead and watch Hawkeye on Disney Plus, that whole takes, fucking takes place series at Christmas, the entire series. Is Christmas. And you feel that. That's why Die Hard is a Christmas movie and Die Hard with a Vengeance or some of these other movies aren't. Because instinctually, deep down, you know, you feel within yourself that there is a holiday element to this movie that is undeniable, that is ingrained in the DNA, in the fabric of Die Hard. And that is the Christmas cheer. That is the Christmas spirit. Well, well said, well said. I wanted to, to share, so we had talked about on our last episode, sort of throwing a poll out to our social media circles to see, because... Does anybody really care what us four assholes think? Probably not. No. We care not, because no. we're friends. But so when unless, I wait, I unless you're out. the person who has shared this with your friend to use this in an argument you're making, in which case <laughs> the person true. who shared you with us <laughs> fucking matters. <laughs> I, you know what? We I've, matter to you. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I've I've had a I've had a conversation with coworkers about this, but I, I haven't exactly been like, you guys really need to listen to this podcast because here it is. They know yeah. I'm doing a podcast, but they're also, in some cases, management of mine. And I don't quite know if I want them to get that involved, <laughs> even though I've probably said to them on lunch hours way more fucked up shit than they say on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But so speaking of work. So today at my office was uh, Christmas movie day and we have TVs throughout our office in every area. And in the front area of the building, they played Die Hard on a 10 hour loop starting at 7 a.m. this morning. <laughs> So it was fun. It was very timely for the recording of this episode. But I threw cool. the poll out to my social media network to see what my circle of influence thinks about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie or not. And the response was 69% nice. of my friends. Nice. That was not intentional to get that number, but I'm very glad that's what we hit. Uh, say yes. Yes, it is a Christmas movie. So... Uh, it's, it's not just us, uh, it's the majority, um, at least in the circles that we run in. But while we're talking about non-Christmas Christmas movies or Christmas movies that may or may not be Christmas movies, I wanted to play a little game with you gentlemen. So, oh, yes. so lightning round, I have oh. a list of oh, man. 
eight to 10 different movies that take place on or around Christmas and rapid fire. I want to see off the cuff. If you guys think these are Christmas movies, we'll start with one that Dave just talked about. Iron Man three Christmas movie. Yay or nay. Nay. That's nay. barely a movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> not very good. Uh, hey, Shane, Shane, Shane black would beg to differ with you. Uh, yeah. I will say nay. But that kid got invited to the funeral. Nobody else did. did. That's the only That's cool right. thing to come out of Iron Man 3. Not the fact that we got uh, the living laser, yes, but no. I'm not even going to go into it. No. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's no for everybody. Next movie, Gremlins. Yes or no? I say yes. 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 Jones? I don't remember at all. Um, I haven't seen the movie in a long time, but I, I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> so... So, Jeff, Good uh, answer. Uh, I'm going to also say yes. And I will say the same thing about Gremlins that I say about Die Hard. Could that movie take place? Could a movie like Gremlins take place at any other point in time in the year in any other place? Yes. yes but can could. Gremlins itself exist without the thematic elements of Christmas? No. It's the same thing. It's, it's my same argument with Die Hard. No, I, I give you that. Agreed. Next movie, Batman Returns. Yes. Yes, and I and while everyone else is looking around left to right and trying to remember the movie and why they feel so strongly about it, yes. That's why yes. I want to do a rapid fire off the cuff. What off do you remember? Cuff. Yes, absolutely that movie is a fucking Christmas movie. A okay. Christmas movie. No. Yes. Yes. I am I am so on the fucking fence on this one, and it's not one of those fences you can easily scale. It's the ones that have those little points at the top where you're afraid if you slip the wrong way, your taint's done for. You're nuts and done. It's, yeah, it's that kind of fucking fence. Um, not tearing fence. Because one of the things about that movie, I know rapid fire, I'm sorry, Jeff, but I gotta say this. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking up my whole game. I, I know, but I, I feel very strongly about this. What resonates for me so much is the last fucking line that Michael Keaton says. Peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Pause. And women. Because that's so fucking Christmas. But I have to lean on the other side that it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, Fuck I'm going to say no. So it's just no on that one. Oh, well, I mean, I'm sorry, man. No, I'm <laughs> real close. I'm really close to that being a Christmas movie, but it just misses on my scale. All right. Mm. Next one. Cue sexy saxophone. Lethal weapon. Oh, okay. So uh, that was the one of the first movie when I finished my scale that I really am interested to go back and look at. But I'm here's the thing. If you had asked me before I did my Christmas movie scale, I would have said, yeah, fuck that. Now I'm going to say no, because even though it's one of the only Christmas movies or Christmas theme movies, that has got some titties in it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it doesn't have titties. It has titties in it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no, it is not a Christmas movie. Dave? That's a solid no. No. It's a no for me. Next one. Uh, Dave mentioned this one earlier. Love Actually. I say no. Maybe because I'm not a fan. but No. To, to me, it is, but barely. I'm going to say yes, but the fact that it takes nine seconds for that movie to, to drop 9-11 on us <laughs> makes me real unhappy about it. Right? Like, it's like, when the towers hit on 9-11, September 11th, the world learned. It's like, fuck you, Hugh Grant. <laughs> that's what the world, that's what the world, that's the, that's the world's view of 9-11 at that point. But it is a cleverly written movie, with the exception of the 9-11 references. It's just like, no. Uh, it is, though. 
it is though. I'm not happy about it, but I would say yes. Okay, next one. You've got mail. Oh, <laughs> absolutely no, no. not. No. <laughs> I'm going to say no. It takes place on Christmas. That's what but starts the whole say, thing. But I'm going to... Call me there. Yeah. So I didn't catch any of the title. Tom Hanks, you've got mail. Oh, uh, never saw it, so I have no idea. So I'm just going to say no. <laughs> so no, I would say that that is a that is a fair movie that uses Christmas as part of a storytelling yeah. element. Yeah, it's it's part of the story. But I, you've got. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was gonna say it's not a Christmas movie, but I think it's the only AOL movie. <laughs> that was what I was gonna say. Yeah. That movie. It, it, did you guys ever see the internship with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn? You guys mm -hmm. ever see that? Right. You ever watch that movie? No. It's basically a two-hour Google advertisement, right? Hey, you've got mail, like you said. No, it's basically fucking sleepless in you, sleepless in your email, right? Is basically what it is. So yeah, it's it's an AOL, it. it's a two-hour AOL commercial. So no. All right, so that's a no. Edward Scissorhands. Yes, yes. I say yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Here, here, let me just add one slight element to that. It doesn't matter what else is going on. Danny Elfman. Did his Christmas shit? It's basically the same <laughs> really soundtrack did. as Scrooge. <laughs> it, it, really it really, literally is. And at which point, like, how can yeah, it? Yeah, you just reused it. Was, it. Yeah. it was Scrooge. Yeah. It was Scrooge. Batman Returns and fucking Edward Scissorhands. Just the same soundtrack cues yep. all fucking together. All right, we got three more. Next yeah. one: Dan Aykroyd Trading Places. No. No. Drunk, drunk Santa. No, though I bet you that movie would get real close to the established 45 on my list. In uh, that movie, I think there is not a single person with half a brain that wouldn't say that that's a comedic <laughs> masterpiece of a movie. A movie that gets smarter it's every pretty time. Dark. You watch yeah, it. It's oh, pretty dark. Yeah, it's pretty dark. It's hilarious. But um, no, no, it's not a Christmas movie. It's a masterpiece, yes. It's honorable mention for me. It's Kay. barely, barely out of the circle. Okay, next one. Rocky Four. Yes. Oh God. Yes. No. For the love of Jesus Christ, <laughs> no. Jones. I have, I have mathematically established that it is. That's not a Christmas movie, brother. Dude, it is. Dude, it is. It's not. No, Listen. it's not. I like I'm going to say no, but I just put it on there for no, uh, uh, for no other might. reason. I, I can't even see how you would think it is. <laughs> because not. it meets all of the story elements. It has someone dressed as Santa. It has events taking place on Christmas Eve. That could have been all probably found. Does it make it a Christmas film. movie? It, it statistically does. We've established this. It no, scores you have established your, your system. Doesn't mean <laughs> it exists outside of the show. Listen. It is not a no. Christmas movie. What, what you all have to understand is Noah's uh, equation here doesn't just quite solve the is it or is it not a Christmas movie dilemma. It also solves string theory and yeah. has actually balanced <laughs> has actually balanced the economy in, in several third world nations. If you follow, I'm going to go on a limb and say this. If you follow my Christmas scoring list, it could probably bring peace to the Middle East at last. That's all I'm going to say. Just because also, he ended the Cold War single-handedly, Noah, doesn't mean it's going to also bring... They've been fighting each other for 3,000 years. They don't give a shit. Don't we want to at least give it a shot? You're going to tell me you bring all the leaders of all the world <laughs> together and you play this fucking movie. And but if it's not the if I can change, you can change, we all can change line, then at least 40 minutes earlier when Paulie clearly fucks that robot. 
in the middle of this movie for no reason that you can't say you even more why. not of a, of a christmas movie <laughs> Yeah. All right. It's the only Christmas movie where someone fucks a robot. And I think we need to give that this an is acknowledgement. True. I didn't add that as a category when I was reviewing Die Hard. I mean, but. I mean, Lando Calrissian <laughs> fucked the robot in Solo. That doesn't mean they said a Christmas movie either. No, it's exactly. True. It's true. All right. Last movie on my non-Christmas Christmas movie list. The Ben Affleck classic Reindeer Games. Oh. <sighs> Where they dress up as no. Santa to rob a casino, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be really controversial, and I'm gonna say, does Reindeer Games as an entire film count as a Christmas movie, even in spite of the fact that it probably ticks off enough points on my list? <laughs> no, it doesn't. But I don't even know if it counts as an actual movie, and that's what I was going <laughs> to get to. But it features late '90s. Charlize Theron, when sure she had absolutely no fucks about what she was doing in movies. And at that point, we should all be grateful for Reindeer Games because, because that's the Christmas miracle. <laughs> that's the we, Christmas miracle. We, we, we've now officially established when Noah got his 407th erection. 407 oh and 8th now, officially. <laughs> <laughs> I've never right, ever folks, wanted well, to be Santa Beer well, before. Thanks for playing Christmas Christmas movie, the lightning round. Uh, we established two out of ten movies were Christmas movies. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands and Gremlins. There you go. So there you go. Not Let's bad. Go. Not bad. So there you go. This is the podcast today, guys. Guys, I feel like we did humanity a fucking service with this episode today. Noah, like, you're gonna get a Nobel Prize in like 15 years when other scientists prove your theory right, <laughs> and we're all gonna be in fucking Sweden while you sit there in a weird tux accepting this shit. <laughs> I would wear a like a like a crushed blue velvet suit. I would dress as Prince, nice to accept that Nobel Peace Award. And I and when I got up to accept the award, I would hold it in my hands, and then I would just give the Rocky Four speech. You know, when I came here today, I didn't know what to expect, but if I could change and do the whole thing, it's gonna be great. And then I'll fuck a robot. <laughs> I mean, in twenty years, there it you might go. Be is it's it quite acceptable that, now? No, no. If you fucked the robot, would you name it Sega Channel? Oh, more importantly, I wasn't going to until you, now. More importantly, could you convince <laughs> Jones to fuck said robot? Yeah, I feel like one of these tell, days. Tell, if I play the long con on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, like I get this robot, and then like, like I get the robot a job at Herb's work. Right. And over like 10 to 15 years, they come up with like a real, a real funny relationship, you know, and then the robot goes through some shit. And then, and then all of a sudden the robot gets promoted. Herb's a little upset about it. And then the robot asks Herb to go on, on to this convention with him. And then they have like a bunch of drinks. And then shit starts to happen. I know. And Herb's like, what did I do? I'm going to pop out of that hotel room closet and go, oh. <laughs> just, just was like it a, was fuck, a long time. Noah's going to jump out of the fucking closet with a bag of Arby's being like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew it. What's going to be great oh is that when Noah, when Noah does it, this is what's going to happen. I can actually see this visually in my mind, right? 
So Jones has. I'm glad you can. <laughs> Jones, Jones has fucking finally fucked the symbiont robot that Noah has <laughs> been has been planning and catfishing him for about ten years. He fucking jumps out of the closet with a bag of Arby's and fucking the Bad Boys theme song playing on a fucking <laughs> old school oh stereo on a cassette tape, and then he just goes. By the way, that robot was named Sega Channel, and he fucking leaves. He yeah. just Meanwhile, goes. the real Sega Channel is crying in a corner somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thinking about what could have been. The real Sega Channel is That's at home awesome. with a couple of kids. <laughs> one, one of those kids that may or may not look a little bit like Herb. Yeah. Sega Channel is like, let me check your phone. I'm like, no. <laughs> I only go bowling. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's that's uh, one um, pro tip, kids. Never let Sega Channel <laughs> check your messages. Establish a line of trust with the go. Sega Channel, and if you feel like he crosses over, then you may need to move on. That's my that's my thing. But guys, speaking of moving on, we've solved world hunger or something to the equivalent of today. Uh, and next week, um, for as much sense as any of our arguments may have made, we're going to review a movie uh, that makes even less. To a certain extent, <laughs> because to anyone's yeah. surprise, suddenly we're going to cover the Matrix. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Could, I'm interested in talking about the kind of the nature of this movie, uh, like just because there's some symbolism spread throughout. Oh God, it's uh, all philosophy. Just, you know, there it's is, philosophy but, and also if you look at the modern state of filmmaking, most of it would not be where it is, and made possible the way that it is without the matrix sort of revolutionizing special effects. You know, there, there's probably every, every 10 years or so, 10, 15 years, a movie comes along that just kicks the can way down the road and elevates mm -hmm. what everybody can do, you know, afterwards. I mean, you can start with clash of the Titans and, and how that movie was able to really bring uh, special effects into a different way and then, and then you know george lucas comes in and pulls his dick out and says here hold my beer and then we pulls his neck thing out yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> here, um a little faster and more intense everybody just a little faster and more thank intense you. here yeah. thank you yeah and then you get you know 10 years later we get into the digital age when jurassic park comes about and then this movie that nobody ever fucking saw coming that half the people yeah. that watched it had no clue what they saw because they had to go back and watch it a second or a third time to finally grab the concept of this thing. A movie that was so fucking well written that the hottest actor at the time, Will fucking Smith, read the script and just said, I don't get it. And passed on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Will Smith yeah. is neat. Yeah, he did Buddy Boys 2 instead. Right. Fucking that asshole. Yeah. Fucking how about that shit yeah mm. um just and, and and you know we've we've obviously had some movies since then of, that have also kind of helped move it forward but fucking a lot of cinema we see today ladies and gentlemen doesn't exist if the matrix doesn't happen yeah. or it does but in a way less good way you know and the reason we're covering the matrix is because the new matrix matrix comes out in a couple days resurrection is that what it's called? Yeah, resurrection yeah. Yeah. yeah comes out this week yeah, exciting. Days it's, gonna, 
is the season. Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be on HBO Max, so I'm gonna be like tuning in on the confines of my couch. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'm actually really excited. Uh, obviously, we've all we all made plans to see Spider Man together because we're, we're buddies, and and I, I I could not. I'm not gonna give any spoilers, but I was super worried uh about this is the third spider-man was the third spider-man 3 or x-men 3 that we all saw together and the first two did not go well <laughs> not, at all, no. not at all man i um, i i'm always a little leery of us getting together in mass to go see a movie like this because more often than not it hasn't really ended well for us we've nope. all kind of you know I, I remember a time gentlemen back when we were all in our in our early 20s where we uh rented a clubhouse at this luxury property mm-hmm. and we all fucking watched episodes one and two of star wars fucking got in our cars drove to the theater for the midnight showing of episode three had a fucking birthday cake for darth vader because he was born in episode three it was and then came back to watch episodes four five and six and i Fell remember asleep. walking out of the theater being like well that was really good but you know maybe it was really good because the previous two weren't as great but yeah we haven't really had a lot of success with the third of movies. No, but uh, but the Matrix though we all get to watch from our home, and mm-hmm. uh, and then sit in our kitchens and stare at our own reflections in sink water and try to work that movie out before we try to talk to each other about <laughs> it. You know, uh, which yeah. I'm which I'm excited about. Um, now it's which is interesting because it's what a weird kind of ambiguous way to end the year we had an original plan and now we're going forward but guys we uh we've crossed the 25 episode threshold we're now going and we're working on episodes 25 to 50 if we were doing a wwe dvd release of an anthological thing motherfuckers we've crossed into set two like we're on we're on the next this is the next era coming in we're coming into a new year so we've got all kind of great shit on the on uh the on the pipe going forward some stuff all of us want to do we got some new music we haven't done music in what seems like forever so that's going to happen in january we're gonna have all kinds of interesting shit and i'm gonna go ahead right now to end this episode a christmas present to everybody Whoa, wait, 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 real quick. I'm sorry. Whoa. Are we not doing final thoughts? Oh, we will. Okay. Oh, we will. Sure. But I'm, I'm hyping. I'm hyping. I'm hyping. Give me a minute. Oh, what's happening? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm premature. Premature. Yeah. A Christmas present that I want to give Think about Wolverine Origins, Jones. Bring it down. Think Bring about Wolverine down. Origins. Even though, even though Leaf the first two minutes were the best parts of the whole movie, goddammit. It was yeah, awesome. Dude. Like, like, uh, like Sabretooth stole that damn movie. Okay, first of all, like, then everything else was just horse shit. But anyway, breaking it back for a second, I want to give everyone a Christmas gift that they don't even know they want it. Is it a leg lamp? No, no, but in a way, let me give you a small sidebar. A few years ago, my dad gave me a Bluetooth speaker for Christmas, which was weird, right? It's like we're all audio guys, <laughs> and he gave me a Bluetooth speaker. I'm like, why the? F-? Okay, that's weird. But I've used it like literally every day since then, and it was the gift that I didn't know I needed. And now there it is, there it is. And now I'm going to give you the gift that you don't even know you need. Single Peruvian, Puerto Rican, Australian, German listeners, Pennsylvanian uh, listeners. Has, I, has Ireland checked in recently? Uh, yeah, uh, semi recently. Good. Yeah, I, I, a lot of England, a lot of Canada, and a lot of Australia. So thank you to all at least recently or formerly British territories. Um, the empire, the empire is alive and well, Jones. I'm a straight empire is alive right. and well. 
we uh in this group of friends there's very few things that are traditional but one of the things that we like to do roundabouts in january of every year oh my god is we do a thing no it they're is not, a thing they're not ready for it that's Noah, a real thing they're not ready for it they, well they're gonna experience it because you, ladies and gentlemen it do. is my sincerest honor to tell you oh my god that this january oh my god we're going to play the royal rumble drinking game oh my god on the show oh my god <laughs> oh man it's gonna be real <laughs> real it is i, I think i think we need to enlighten enlighten our listeners what the royal rumble drinking game is yes and and I will do it so briefly. It is a ga drinking game that we have played for God knows how long to the Royal Rumble match every year. And since our ones occasionally. Since our livers could handle it, Noah. Yes, since we were <laughs> legally allowed to buy it. Uh, and we have we have done so to the detriment of our lives, jobs, livers, and Sev several relationships. Several yeah, relationships. Like, so yeah. uh, and guess what? We've decided what's the only thing worse than doing it in our late 30s we're gonna do it in our late 30s <laughs> over the fucking internet so early can, 40s oh, for some man. of us God. yes for some of us you know oh, at least, uh, emotionally we're all still like 19. so yeah we're gonna do that so that's our christmas gift to you is that in january at some point we're going to play the royal rumble drinking game and here's the moment this is a rare occasion for someone outside of this friend group you're gonna get to play too dear listener because oh we're gonna tell God. you the rules we're going to take the rumble. We're going to do the first ever watch along episode of nothing good oh where we oh all watch it and we all drink at the same time. So that by the end of that episode, every single person in the world <laughs> listening to this in unison is as fucking wasted as we are. You're welcome. <laughs> well, that's the listen, 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 ladies and gentlemen, listening to this podcast, I am not fucking with you. I am not saying this to try to build this into something. It's not. This is the absolute God's honest truth as I've ever said anything to any of you. If you are listening, and this sounds like a great fucking idea to you, when that calendar flips to January, call that next fucking day off of work. Request yes. it off yes. right now. I am not shitting you. There have been bodies of people fucking thrown and laying <laughs> all over my house that did not know and were not prepared as to what this was. They fucking dropped down to the ground, hammer drunk, because it is a power hour that you have never in witnessed in your life. And we're going to do it. And we're going to do yeah. it. Now, before we get and we're going to do it with you. We're going to do it with you, listening. sweet listener. Yes. It's a, mena it's a menage a trois of wrestling and it's, drinking. And it's going to be... We finally, we've been talking about it for years. We're finally going to find a way to turn the Royal Rumble drinking game into a proverbial orgy. We've done it. It's an international buffet of fucking Jesus. bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. But final thoughts, guys, as we send it home. Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie? I feel like I've mathematically proven that it is. But emotionally, also, yes. Doc. Final thoughts on not just uh, the, is it man. final thoughts on Die Hard? Yeah, fuck uh, Die Hard's final thoughts on the movie. It's a great classic '80s action film. Uh, again, a little too long, honestly, in the third act, but it is what it is. It doesn't hurt it that bad, but it hurts it just enough for me. Um, and 
honest again I, I i cannot help but reiterate yet again that if it weren't for the director admitting that the intent was to make it a christmas film i would not really consider it really much of a christmas film that really that information just makes it you know that information that's i mean that's all that matters it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks but with that being said i stand behind my 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 principles on this film it's a terrible christmas film but it's an excellent action film respect jafar yeah i think uh it's a classic 80s action flick and it's a classic er 80s action flick christmas movie so yippee kaye motherfuckers watch <laughs> it mac attack take us home noah booby the only time i feel like that line has ever been uttered in cinema is <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> probably the last <laughs> you shouldn't you shouldn't use that on the regular he goes from Coke to Coca-Cola, everybody, right? Um, great movies throughout history, movies we love, movies you love, listeners of Nothing Good, uh, are not one genre. You know, when we look at Ghostbusters, one of the probably, as my opinion, one of the most original movies I've ever seen. It is a sci-fi adventure movie that is also a fucking monster buddy comedy, right? Um, you look at um die hard yeah it's an action movie yeah it's an 80s movie but it's a fucking christmas movie it makes it better because it's more than just what you want it to be it blends genres it blends ideas it blames thematic elements and you know you're allowed to disagree with us you're fucking wrong but you're allowed to disagree with us but expand your mind a little bit. Remember, Christmas exists in LA too. It exists in Central City. It existed at Nakatomi Tower. And fucking wrap yourself in, the, in, in this sweet, sweet embrace of the season of holiday cheer that is motherfucking diehard. Well put. Well put. Well, as always, please. Like our social media channels. Dog, don't shake your fucking head. I've been hey, watching. Oh, it. I will. That's um, <laughs> I've, I just like literally. I can't. I can't. It's so, ridiculous sounding. If again, if, again, if I may hear, um, I, I've, I like throwing out little elements here for social media, everybody. Listen, go to our Facebook, go to our Twitter, mm -hmm. go mm -hmm. to our Instagram. Once mm -hmm. this episode drops, go check it out. We're going to be sharing with you that 20th Century Fox when they released the Die Hard collection, released a fucking Christmas trailer of Die Hard. And you, it's inescapable, everybody. It's inescapable. And fucking enjoy that. That's our Christmas gift. That's my Christmas gift to you, everybody. The actual anniversary Christmas edition trailer released by 20th Century Fox, not by some fucking dude in his basement, not by one of us with extra time and editing software. It, the major motion picture studio that released the film created the Christmas trailer. Enjoy that. Have some eggnog. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. I think it would be wise that, besides the fact that I want to just flat out right now say that we have unanimously, even if it's begrudgingly in Jones' case, 
Doc, though, I love your grumpy face, dude. It's so good. It's like it's like if I could put that in something, <laughs> don't, it, it don't entice me more because I'll keep going. Just it yeah. sustains me. No, I wish, just, I wish you were drinking, Jones, because you would be so no, much more. You don't want no. You don't want to. No, no, no. I'm good. But, but I'm I, good. we have even begrudgingly all you. It's I did not expect us to unanimously agree on this, but we did. We unanimously agreed that it is at least barely technically because mathematically I did tell you it is barely technically a Christmas move, right? But in addition to that, I just want to take a, a rare moment of seriousness and just want to say, hey, no matter who you are <clears throat> out there in the world, no matter what you do from all of us here, nothing good. Happy holidays. Please take care of yourself. Drive safe if you're going to party. Be responsible. If there's somebody in your life you haven't talked to in a while, hey, there ain't no better time than right now to reach out and say, I love you. And I'm thinking of you. So take care of you and yours. Anyone else want to give any last holiday thoughts to anybody? That that sounds just like one of the themes of Die Hard, Noah. Holy shit. Bobby, show them the watch. <laughs> On that <laughs> note, folks, you love, thanks show them the watch. for listening. Merry Christmas. And we will see you all next week. Doc, yes. Doc, tell the people happy holidays, please. Oh, yeah. Take care of yourself and each other, all that good shit, and uh, be safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay. Yeah. Doc, will you, will you tell the people the Die Hard's Christmas movie one more time for me? Hold on, wait. Let me let me take my pants off. Hold on. Oh, uh, uh, sure. Uh, I will absolutely, according to the director of the film, uh, it was meant to be a Christmas movie. Um, therefore... <laughs> With the, with therefore, it doesn't matter what anybody says, including the four of us. You don't need math to prove it. If the director says it is, it fucking is. Whether it's a good one doesn't matter because it's not. But it is what it is, man. <laughs> Technically, an erection is still an erection. From all right. of us here to you and yours, tell your mom we said. Technically, an erection. Happy holidays. Nothing good.